The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 27th College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, the Guadalupe's Mexican Grill kickoff with your host, Phil Houck. To open this season, ND has posted some two-game combined numbers that tell an impressive story of a football team hitting on all cylinders. Total yards gained, 1,001. Total yards given up, just 325. 53 first downs converted, 24 given up. 98 points scored, just 6 given up. 14 touchdowns scored, none given up. 5 visits to the red zone by opponents, zero touchdowns scored. 10 different players from Notre Dame have gotten into the end zone, and 28 have recorded tackles. Sam Hartman has led 12 drives. 11 of them have ended in touchdowns. He has completed 82.5% of his passes. Two games, two blowouts. Through two games, the Fighting Irish have done just about everything that was hoped they could do. Week one in Dublin, it was dealing with the always tricky Navy option and legendary midshipman effort. The Irish passed that test with disciplined and physical defense and the unveiling of a whole host of offensive weapons at the direction of maestro himself, Sam Hartman. Last week, the Irish faced a Tennessee State program on the rise and with nothing to lose in a historic matchup at Notre Dame Stadium. And the Irish knocked test number two out of the park by showing relentless defensive pressure and near-perfect first-half play by Sam Hartman and company. But now, the road figures to get quite a bit bumpier. Coming up, six of the best teams in the ACC and three top opponents in Ohio State, USC, and Clemson. Through two weeks, the Irish have looked about as good as they possibly could. This week, the competition ramps up, but the college football world has taken notice. The Irish are loaded and on a roll. Guadalupe's Mexican Grill now with locations on Illinois, Leo, and DuPont Roads, and in Georgetown Square. Guadalupe's Food Made Fresh. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight. From America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, Senior Editor of IrishIllustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Flight by Yingling, 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, it's the next generation of light beer. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values, which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning, the full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! Flight by Yingling is the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass. 
Raise the bar. Flight by Yingling. Available wherever beer is sold. DJ Yingling and Son Incorporated. Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Houck. Well, Tim Priester, another week, another blowout. Uh, you know, we know Navy and Tennessee State were, are not top competition. That's obvious. But we've learned something, haven't we? And, well, what have we learned about the Irish through two games? Well, you have a big-time quarterback that sees everything that is happening in front of him and gives you a chance to win every time out. Um. You have a bunch of good running backs. You have a really good linebacking core with a secondary that looks very good, but will be tested this weekend. Uh, a lot. I mean, a lot of positives. I, you know, a receiving core that is still to be tested, um, but you know, some tight ends minus Michael Mayer that looked pretty good last weekend. So, I mean, you, I think you have a lot of winning components. Still have to see what those new offensive guards will do against quality competition, which is uh, semi-accurate as to who Notre Dame plays this weekend. So, uh, you know, it's trending in the right direction, 98-6 to in two weeks. Obviously, they have the possibility of some fairly consistent offensive firepower against good opponents. Uh, But I think, you know, still to be tested um, against the run uh, along the defensive line. Yeah, well, I want to get I want to go along that 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 line actually for the next couple of minutes and get Nick picky on this team uh, exactly. And let's go position by position and and talk about how the Irish can improve. And there are ways, always coaches will tell you that you can improve. Start with the offensive line. This was expected to be a strength. It is a strength. It will be a strength. I have no doubt. But it hasn't been perfect. Those two new guards, uh, a little uneven in their performance. And I think Blake Fisher a little uneven in his performance, frankly. And he, you know, he limped off the field the other day. I, I, I'm not sure that he's 100%, but that's what offensive linemen do. They play when they're less than, than 100%. I think the guards have played pretty well. I really like the way Coogan played against Navy, and I really like the way Spindler played against Tennessee State. Joe Alt is Joe Alt. Uh, Zeke Krell, Zeke Krell. I think I think my review of the offensive line is a little bit more positive than maybe the the consensus opinion out there, and it, and maybe that's because they just didn't completely blow Tennessee State off the ball. But I thought the Tennessee State number nine Ellen and number five Bell had a couple pretty decent defensive linemen. So I mean, I don't. You know, I think it's coming along fine. It's going to be it, obviously it's going to be tested a lot more this right. weekend. Well, remember we're being nitpicky, and I appreciate uh, you pointing out the 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 limitations that we kind of saw from Blake Fisher last week. But I'll tell you what, I really like the pulling action of those two guards. I think it's been spectacular. Spindler and Coogan, the new guys. All right, go to the wide receivers. Lots of guys getting to the action. Uh, but Tim, I, I haven't seen a lot of passes downfield. Nitpick this position for me. Well, I don't know why you would throw too many passes downfield against Navy and Tennessee State with with some good opponents coming up. So, you know that that's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is, I'm not sure you have a whole lot of confidence throwing a deep ball to Tobias Merriweather and Deion Colsey at this point. But you know, I think, I mean, clearly Jaden Thomas is the leader of the group. I think Chris Tyree is starting to develop, not just catching the ball, you know, underneath, but 
running some downfield routes uh, that he's caught a pass. I think one in each game, and that's look good. I think he's going to be a key guy this week, by the way. And then you have, um, you know, Jaden Greathouse, who was very good in the first game, and when they found him in the second game, he was good. And Rico Flores, I think those are the guys that you can count on. Matt Salerno is injured. Still need to see what Colsey and uh, Merriweather can do. It's not a real deep group, but there's some pl- there's there's some positives there. Yeah, I think there's certainly more positives in that room than there were last year at this time, and that's a positive. And I really like the way Jaden Thomas is coming on. I think he gets better all the time. All right, running backs hard to nitpick this group, in my opinion. We are down a player, and we'll talk about that uh, when we get to injuries. But uh, you know, four backs are seeing significant action, and they have all found the end zone. Is there any nitpicks you can think of? Not really. I mean, Estime is averaging about seven yards per carry. He's just, he's a north-south guy. And when he goes east-west, he does it well. He has great feet for a guy his size. You know, and I think the upside of Jadarian Price and Jeremiah Love is really, really high. Um, Jabron Payne, I think, has shown good vision uh, and low pad level when he's had opportunities. And now Devin Ford is injured, so... I'm not going to nitpick too much, especially since I think that Estime is a big-time player and Price and Love are on the cusp of becoming really, really good. And I think Jabron Payne has just been solid almost out of nowhere. Uh, So there's a lot of depth in that room. Hard to nitpick. So let's set aside the nitpicking on the running backs for just a minute, and let's talk about a player comparison because you wrote something this week, and I go, hey, I've said that before. So you and I didn't know it, but we both had come Probably to this. Probably stole it from you, Phil. <laughs> Probably. I, I inspired, that was an inspiration. No, I had said that uh, among friends, and uh, so I totally agree with you. I think it was a great comparison, and you talked about number 12, Jeremiah Love, who he compares to. Another famous number 12. Tell us about that. Yeah, through the years, I, I found myself when you see a number uh, deep in the recesses of your mind, there's that compa- comparison automatically made. But regardless what number Jadarian Price wears, which is number 12, he looks a lot like Ricky Waters from back in the late 80s. Um, very, very comparable running styles, very comparable uh, uh, body shapes. Um, I, I, I mean, I think they look a lot alike. They're both, they have a lot of skip in their step, a lot of bounce in their step. And I think that they're, you know, Ricky Waters was a breakaway runner in the NFL, a little bit at Notre Dame. He played some receiver. I think Jeremiah Love looks a lot like him. Absolutely does. Uh, another, another number 12 that came to mind was CJ Pro Size, but uh, Ricky Waters came first to mind. Okay. Uh, let's get back to the nitpicking. Defensive line, pass rush, D-line, plays are going to be really important this week against Brennan Armstrong this week. Uh, Any nitpicks with this position? Well, yeah, I mean, Botello and Jean-Baptiste are your two top pass rushers. I don't know that they they haven't broken out yet, but I think they're playing well. You know, the guy that, I mean, I think if Josh Burnham can continue to progress, he's only had 30 snaps, he has six tackles, two tackles for loss, one sack, and two quarterback hurries, I think he will continue to develop. I guess my biggest concern, especially with Gabe Rubio out, is just how stout they are uh, on the interior defensive line. I think we're going to find that out this weekend with NC State, although NC State's not a great rushing team. Um, You know, I mean, 
let's wait and see. I, I mean, I, we can we can nitpick now. There could be more to more to critique here in coming weeks because they will be absolutely they will be challenged. Yeah, we're going to learn a whole lot more. And and another aside, like we did with the last position, let's talk about Howard Cross for a second. Uh, really been a standout. He's undersized, but can he play on Sundays? I don't know, Phil. I mean, I, you know, he's, he's, he's under six foot one. He's 288 pounds. That's, that's a real, those are limiting factors in the NFL, but man, he's really good. <laughs> no, he's really good, man. He is. When we knew this in high school, extremely quick off the snap of the football, a hundred, hundred percent effort, every snap, great hands, powerful hands. The coaches and, and teammates have talked about what powerful fists he has he he is he's everything you would want in an interior defensive lineman just a little bit you know not along the ideal lines of of shape and and uh, size and physique well it gets a little tougher to hold that point uh when you get to the nfl with uh bigger more physical players but man don't underestimate howard cross somebody's going to give him a look 10 tackles so far on the year and through two games. All right, let's talk about linebackers and get nitpicky about them. Kaiser, Leofau, Bertrand, very experienced. It shows. Is there depth behind them, though? Yeah, I, I have nothing to nitpick with those three. I think they're really, really quality, quality college linebackers. Bertrand's been good for several years. Kaiser, we're starting to see a little bit more now that he's more on the interior at times. And Maris Leofau was just never fully recovered from the broken leg suffered in 2021 as he played in 2022. What we're seeing now is a fully healthy, fully capable Maris Leofau. But behind him, Jalen Sneed's pretty hit and miss. He's getting opportunities, but he's inconsistent. And then, you know, they were hoping to have Nolan Ziegler for the start of the season. That could come in time. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Jay Osbury had an opportunity to play against Tennessee State. He looks like he's a player. He's he always around the football. So not a ton of depth there, but that starting trio has been really, really good. Yeah, need to develop some depth, but that, that starting three, outstanding. Uh, let's talk about uh, safeties. Nice performance so far. DJ Brown, Ramon Henderson, Xavier Watts, Thomas Harbour. Experience and depth here. This position really looks solid, and that was going to be a question mark coming into the season. How can they improve at this position? Yeah, maybe get Antonio Carter involved a little bit more. Thomas Harper's mainly going to be a nickel back. I think you're going to see more of a four-man rotation with uh, Watts, Brown, Carter, and Henderson. You know, I, I mean, they still have to prove that they can consistently play the ball down the middle of the field. And again, those opportunities are coming up. Okay. Cornerbacks, Cam Hart, Ben Morrison and company, but you know, we know they're good, but they really haven't been tested yet. Is that a nitpick? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I I mean, I guess, Um, you know, we know Ben, Ben Morrison's a a great player. He could have had an interception at the goal line. Didn't come up with it. You know, Cam Hart has a great reputation. And, and that has been that that has developed by the commentary of coaches on Notre Dame side and the opposite side. But he really hasn't been a playmaker up to this point. Uh, that's something that Notre Dame could could certainly use. I think their depth is good. Clarence Lewis is a kind of a do all corner nickel safety type guy. Jaden Mickey has has 
has put his game together uh, better than the way he started and played throughout most of his freshman year last year. And Christian Gray is going to be a really good football player. They have they have five cornerbacks. Um, a lot of a lot of FBF schools would be envious of the five corners that Notre Dame has. Yeah, it's nice to have five guys that can play. I really like the flexibility that Clarence Lewis and the experience that he brings coming off of that bench. Uh, Tim, let's move on to the to the position, and that's quarterback. Uh, let's try and nitpick Sam Hartman. He's led the Irish to touchdowns on eleven of twelve drives, and no drive. Uh, was any more of a Van Gogh, as I'll call it, than that six-play, 80-yard effort in 38 seconds just before halftime. Tim, first talk a little bit about that drive, comment on it, and then tell us what Sam Hartman has not been perfect at, if there's anything. Well, I mean, he's just great at the start of a game. He knows what he wants to do. The game moves very slowly for him, and and he goes through his progressions, and and he finds the open guy. Now, um, I, I think it's interesting to watch Sam Hartman when he when he makes a mistake. If he misses a guy, uh, if he if if the throws off a little bit, or he doesn't see an open receiver, or even when he has to call a timeout at the end of the the end of the play clock, which he did against Navy, it's almost like he's embarrassed because he wasn't perfect in the execution of the snap and the in the entire play. He's fine, Phil. I don't have any nitpicks. I, I, I get again. They could come up this week because he's thrown six interceptions against NC State in the last two years, but he certainly didn't have Notre Dame's offensive line in front of him uh, when when he was doing that last last year and the year before at Wake Forest. And that thirty-eight second drive at the end of oh, it was the first, yeah. I ahead. mean, it was incredible. It was textbook. You knew. I, I even asked Marcus Freeman. I mean, if it if the field was 150 yards long, you know he would have found a way to to navigate uh, that 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 distance in in 38 seconds. It was it was masterful. Uh, he did it by going to throwing the football to players he hadn't even thrown the football to yet this season, uh, but then mixing in a a key play to Jaden Greathouse. He knows where everybody is. He knows where everybody is going to be. He knows which guys are open. And he sees just about every one of them every time he drops back to pass. Yeah, I, you know, after the game, uh, he was asked about throwing, finally getting the ball to tight ends. And he says, oh, we just decided to throw to nobody but the tight ends on a drive, <laughs> jokingly. Uh, yeah, a man with a lot of confidence. And, you know, we're his fans, I think, are developing a lot of confidence in him as well. And that's a lot of fun. Tim, a rule change this year in college football. The clock continues to run now after first downs. It was intended as a way of shorting the game somewhat, and it it does get pretty long sometimes. After two weeks, it's having an impact. Talk about that impact that you've seen so far from this rule. Games are shorter, and it's affecting scores. Yeah, we're seeing we're seeing snaps about you know upper fifth mid to upper fifties, whereas whereas we were accustomed to more in the mid to the upper sixties. And it's interesting because I had spoken with a couple of F- FBS refs during the offseason and, you know, they're involved in meetings with other officials and they were projecting eight to 10 total plays less per game. And I think it's been more like 12 and sometimes maybe even 15. So they've, they've, they've miscalculated a little bit. Navy was not the kind of game where you evaluate that uh, because you, you know, you have the long time consuming drives, but there are other schools that are seeing that, 
if the team that receives the opening kickoff possesses the ball for 10 or 12 plays and moves downfield, and then they kick off to the opponent and they possess the football for 10, 12 or more plays, pretty much two-thirds or more of the quarter is gone. So it, it, the clock has moved faster than anticipated. The games are flowing more quickly. Not all of them. A lot of them are still in the range that we were accustomed to. I know a lot of people are saying, well, well they reevaluated at the end of the year. This is a television-driven decree, uh, and television loves it. They want games under three hours and 15 minutes so they can move on to the next game. Fans don't like it as much, and as uh, as we've heard a few coaches, uh, they don't like it as much either. Hey, hey, television, how about fewer commercial breaks? Ha ha, that's not going to happen, and we know that. <laughs> that's just not going to happen in any event. Uh The game is changing. It's sped up a little bit. That's not all bad. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero. Key to an Irish victory injury report and the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 385th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. This is Art Salzburg. I don't speak for a lot of companies, but Sharon McCulloch is a firm that provides a great and much-needed service. As Sharon and I get older, we've been thinking of moving, but frankly, the thought is somewhat overwhelming. That's where Sharon McCulloch comes in with a full-service plan that takes the pressure off. Listen to this. Sharon McCulloch will sell your house, auction the items you don't want to take, then pack everything else and move you. In sports terms, that's a blowout win. Sheer McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They'll get top dollar for your special treasures. Sheer McCulloch is highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms, plus they're AAA with the Better Business Bureau. Call them at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. They'll make your moving experience easy and profitable. Sheer McCulloch. The Fighting Irish Back of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. One of four ND captains this year, Sam Hartman has now been a team captain five times this year, three times at Wake Forest, and during his senior season in high school. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. Flight by Yingling is the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling. Available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The 10th ranked Irish are at North Carolina State this week. TV coverage on ABC starts at noon, South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero. Brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Mastercraft, Vanderbilt, and Premier Pontoons. New and previously owned, we share your boating passion. This season, we're focusing on the best defensive players of the last 25 years. Last week, it was Harrison Smith, but this week, we're going to pause the series and talk about a man we recently lost. Tony Roberts, the radio voice of Notre Dame from 1980 to 2006, recently passed at the age of 94. 
His radio calls at of ND football from Dan Devine to Lou Holtz to Charlie Weiss were iconic. And his signature line of touchdown Irish resonates to this day. During a time when it was not possible to just watch every game on TV, the Notre Dame football network on Westwood One was everywhere and provided an important radio link to fans across the globe. Roberts hailed from the city of Chicago and was educated in the journalism school at Columbia College. After graduation, he started in local radio working in Indiana and Iowa before moving on to a national audience. Besides Notre Dame football, Roberts went on to a diverse 49-year career. During that time, he covered the Olympics, the PGA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, Navy football, and more. And then during his 26 seasons at the ND helm, Roberts worked with several color commentators, including Paul Horning, Tommy Pagna, and Alan Pinkett. Roberts admitted that in retirement, he continued to closely follow the Irish. Quote, you just can't get it out of your blood, you know? Once it's in there, it's in there. Our colleague, Len Clark, was a longtime friend of Roberts, and he told me that Roberts was a better person than he was a broadcaster, and as a broadcaster, he was the best. Tim, you also have some memories of your own of Tony Roberts. Yeah, we. I mean, we spent a lot of pregames together talking about the upcoming game. He just, he had such a great enthusiasm to the way he called the game. You, you, it was enjoyable to listen to him call a game, especially in a big moment for Notre Dame because he was just totally, totally wrapped up into the moment. Uh, Lou Samoji and I spent many a time talking to him about Notre Dame football. He was always really complimentary of us. He said he, he wouldn't, he wasn't reading Notre Dame's printout every week uh, because it wasn't objective in our coverage was a little bit more objective. He could be critical of Notre Dame when they weren't playing well and all those other sports that he covered, but just a, just a bright light, a great spirit enjoyed every moment that, uh, that I had with Tony Roberts. Yeah. I, I loved him on the radio among the moments. Uh, Tony Roberts may be best remembered for would be his call of Harry Oliver's 51 yard field goal to knock off Michigan in 1980. And I remember that call because I was sitting in a dorm room down in Bloomington, Indiana, listening on a staticky radio station. Uh, but Tony Roberts' call came through loud and clear. Tony Roberts, another Marina Lake Gage all-time Irish hero. The Marina Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish victory. The NC State Wolfpack opened their season last week with a 24-14 win over the Connecticut Huskies. Last season, they finished at eight and five with a loss to Maryland in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Dave Doran, a respected coach, is in his 11th season at the helm. While their week one performance against Connecticut was underwhelming, there are high hopes for this team in Raleigh. A lot of that hope is pinned on the shoulder of transfer quarterback Brennan Armstrong. Armstrong is in his sixth collegiate season, having spent his first five at Virginia. He's played in 41 college games and passed for 9,128 yards and 58 touchdowns. But with Armstrong, it is not just about throwing the ball because he is a dangerous runner. In his career, he has rushed for 1,369 yards and 22 touchdowns. Armstrong led the Wolfpack rushing attack last week with 96 yards. Senior Jordan Houston is the top 
returning rusher. He had 13 carries for 57 yards last week. Kenyon Lesane is the top returning receiver. He had 31 catches, 342 yards a year ago. In week one, freshman Kevin Concepcion was the pack's leading receiver with four catches and 36 yards. A solid defense, especially against the run in 2022. Linebacker Peyton Wilson in his sixth season runs this year's show. He had 10 tackles and an interception against Connecticut. The Wolfpack also boasts a pair of solid corners in Aiden White, who had four interceptions a year ago, and junior Shaheem Battle, who has five career picks. While at Wake Forest, Sam Hartman faced NC State three times, going one and two. In those games, Hartman threw six touchdowns and six interceptions. The only time that ND has played at NC State was in 2016. That day, the Wolfpack prevailed 10-3 in a game literally played in a hurricane as the outer rings of Hurricane Matthew passed over. The Wolfpack are difficult to beat at home. They have won 16 of their last 17 at Carter-Finley Stadium. Notre Dame, on the other hand, has won 28 consecutive regular season games against ACC opponents. Tim Priester, what is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? Boy, Phil, there's so much to this game. I'll try to be brief with it. I think it starts with Brennan Armstrong because of his ability to run for first downs. He has 93 first downs gained in the last three years. He's a real threat. He's a lot, a lot like Sam Howell. Remember how difficult he was to bring down for North Carolina. But I'm going to give you one on each side. Offensively, I think if if Deion Colsley, Colsey and Tobias Merriweather can do some things downfield, for example, if those two combined for, let's say, six catches for 84 yards, which is a lot because they haven't been that productive, uh, that will go a long way. On the other side of the ball, Notre Dame has to prove that they can stop Armstrong in the NC State running game between the tackles. All right. On defense, control the running game, and that includes controlling uh, Brennan Armstrong, who's always a threat to tuck and run. And on offense, let's see uh, a decent day out of Colsey and Merriweather. That would go a long way towards Irish success. Those are Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage keys to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish? I think Brennan Armstrong is somebody that Nordane can contain in the passing game. And Nordane has good corners. They have a good secondary. If you force him to be precise throwing the football, I think there's a pick or two for Notre Dame secondary. So I kind of I kind of lump Morrison and Hart together. Morrison's a guy with most of the interceptions, but I think one of those two guys comes up with a pick this weekend. All right, let's make the corners your Aspen Mortgage key Irish players this week. That's Morrison and Hart. Hopefully they're going to pick one or two passes off. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the injury report brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 22 Indiana locations. Tim, how are the Irish health-wise going into game three? Well, a couple more guys have been added to the list in addition to Gabe Rubio, who was injured in the Navy game, was kept out of Tennessee State. Devin Ford, everybody saw the the hit heard around the country on his kick return against Tennessee State. He will be out uh, with a concussion or in concussion protocol. And we didn't really see uh, underrated slot receiver Matt Salerno's injury uh, late in the game. It was probably on the play where he was blocking on Jabron Payne's touchdown reception, but Matt Salerno has a lower leg injury and he will be out. 
Okay, a couple of uh, injuries there, key injuries, but uh, the Irish hopefully are solid as far as their depth goes. Thanks, Tim. And that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated Prediction, brought to you by SES Environmental. Need help navigating environmental risk and with regulatory compliance? You need SES. Look them up at sesadvantage.com. Tim Priester, Vegas says the Irish by eight. What does America's foremost authority say? This game really feels like a very low-scoring game to me, and that that's not even taking into consideration the strong possibility of rain, which doesn't always hold the score down. But I think, um, you know, since the game, I, I see this game leaning in that direction. I see a lower scoring game. The over-under is 49 and a half. So I'm shooting for something underneath that. I think Notre Dame's a better team. And if they if they play well, if they protect the football, if at worst they're even in the turnover department, um, I think they win this game. But it's going to be hard fought. I don't see either team pulling away from the other. Notre Dame, as you said, fills an eight-point favorite, so they would be more likely to pull away from from NC State. But I, I really don't see that happening. Not that not that Sam Hartman will be completely contained. I see Notre Dame scoring a good three touchdowns, but I think the score stays down there. I have Notre Dame 24, NC State 20. Wow, a close one. Notre Dame 24, NC State 20. That is Tim Priester's world-famous Irish illustrated prediction. Uh, my take, Tim, undoubtedly North Carolina State's and they'll give Irish plenty of new looks. Everybody's going to do that, uh, especially early in the season, especially new looks compared to what they showed Connecticut last week. But so far, a veteran defensive staff has adapted well to whatever has been thrown at them. Al Golden's going to have a good plan for Brennan Armstrong. Sam Hartman is Sam Hartman. Just avoid a turnover meltdown, and the Irish are going to be just fine. I'm taking Notre Dame 31, North Carolina State 17. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Brett Rump, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. For more Fighting Irish Preview, check out FightingIrishPreview.com and also listen to and subscribe to our podcast, available on all podcast platforms. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media.